0: Hi, folks, and welcome to the Sioux Nation podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis. It's time to talk tarps for your silage piles, and Sioux Nation has you covered. Give us a call for all your tarp needs this season. Today on the program, we have Dr. Renato Schmidt, who's joining us to talk about forage storage. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, Jake. Thanks for having me. I'm doing fine. Thank you.
0: Well, really appreciate having you here. So have a little background on yourself for the folks that are in our listening audience is Renata grew up in Brazil with a dairy and beef background on the family farm. And then you came to the U.S. to pursue your doctorate with Dr. Lemon Cotton Jr. and moved to Wisconsin then to work as a forage product specialist at Lalamond Animal Nutrition. And you've been with the company for about 13 years. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. 100%.
0: Awesome. And and that really gives you a lot of time to focus on how we can store forages better and probably seen a few things where it didn't go so well too, huh?
1: Yeah. uh, It was a pretty easy uh, transition from grad school because uh, Dr. Kang is very active on forage research. And then I just dove also on the tech support for Laliman with the forage products. So it was just almost uh, that saying that you do something that you love and doesn't feel like work.
0: Well, you know, maybe let's delve into this a little bit today. Now, if you were going to take a guess, how much silage is lost to spoilage each year?
1: Uh, I was just thinking about some numbers recently, and I think I, on the field I see like overall when I think of uh, dairy farms or feed yards, I would guess something between 15 20% of losses overall, but then just to have an idea on numbers, just in the U.S. and in corn silage, we produce annually about 125 million tons. So this 20% potential of losses, it could be as much as 25 million tons of corn silage that would be just wasted. And that's like $60 per ton. This would be like a, a lot of money.
0: <laughs> well, and money's not all of it. I mean, you think about spoiled feed, there's some other issues that can pop up too, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, I mean, it's not. Uh, sometimes we just think about the dry matter losses or shrink, as people like to say as well, but then we have to consider all the time since we put the seed on the ground, then we grew the crop and harvest. We have so much going on during the whole season, and we're going to be pretty much with that feed until the next year. So it's not only in terms of dry matter losses, but then. In spoilage, the really good stuff, you know, the juicy things like the amino acids, organic acids, residual sugars, they will go first. So not only we end up with uh, less material, but then it's a material of lower quality. And, you know, and it can just snowball with some detrimental microbes, some nutritional okay. factors, toxins, etc.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's usually where I end up getting involved on the veterinary and just with the problems that happen when you have spoilage that can lead to abortions or it can lead to performance losses or even clinical disease. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see with farmers when they're trying to put up silage?
1: I think first, uh, the oxygen is the worst enemy Mm. of silage so i think we need to get rid of the air as much as possible and that involves all those little steps during silage making as adequate moisture content state of maturity the packing job make sure the chop length is adequate the amount that you spend on tractor pushing packing all those details just to get rid of air they're like very important and pretty much equally important because if we just like get too comfortable or mess up one of them then it's almost like it's gonna just like end up in a in a big mess finally there's still something that i, I scratch my head and, and i still see pretty often uh, especially when i did some feed yards is that some of the folks they still don't cover their piles. Mm-hmm. So then it just leaves all that forage, all that investment exposed to air and to elements.
0: Sure, and you just end up with a lot thicker crust than you would have if you tarped it.
1: Yes, and this when you think of this crust and you look at like, oh, it's a six-inch crust or it doesn't look too much, even like nine inches, but uh, we have to think that crust, it's about three times less of the thickness of the original material so it's that's when we think of that word shrink so it just like you lose a lot of nutrients you lose a little you lose a lot of dry matter sure and uh there is a a classic study from from Lake dr bolson and he didn't cover three different crops and the top 10 inch layer had losses of about 80 percent yeah, just to see the magnitude of, you know, how important it is to cover the piles and keep everything or, or try to keep the air out of that environment.
0: It is a lot of work. I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush that it, it's a lot of work and it's got to be done timely. But when you think about how much effort you put in to make that silage, it seems like it'd be just that step that you want to take to make sure that your work didn't go to waste.
1: Yes. And uh, not only we think of creating all these ideal conditions for the siling process with the moisture with the anaerobic conditions, but then we have to think about what goes on. So that's the fermentation, which is basically a microbial war. So we have all these different types of microorganisms that come from the field of the plant. And a lot of them, they are just undesirable, like clostridia, intrabacteria, mm. yeast, and molds. And we want to make sure that we will have a desirable and very efficient fermentation. So that's That's why it's so important to use a microbial inoculant. Mm. It's just even like in a, if you're like, let's say, really lucky and you bring a population of uh, beneficial microbes from the field, you can always get on the dry matter. You can always make a good fermentation better and improve the recovery of the nutrients.
0: Yeah, it it really is. It's an art form making silage, isn't it?
1: Yes, and and the process you know, when you start like thinking about and going through the different steps, it's It's fairly simple. So it's just that you have those important conditions, the moisture, the lack of oxygen, the microorganisms, they're going to convert sugars to organic acids, pickle everything. So just like, you know, like make pickles or sauerkraut. So the principle is pretty simple, but I know sometimes it's not easy because we cannot control, you know, mother nature.
0: No, and I I really like that comparison you made to making sauerkraut because there's definitely good sauerkraut and then there's sauerkraut that's just... Not quite right, and you know it when you eat it. So, if that's if you're thinking of your silage <laughs> the same way, and especially if you're someone that only likes good sauerkraut, that's really got to stick in your mind,
1: yes. And uh, and even when we think of winemaking and in the past, we just we had to wait for those uh, climate and environment conditions that we just perfect, and now we can just manipulate everything with a particular strain of yeast. So that's why you know the is really important. We have our new magneva line with the inoculants and we have specific products for each of challenge if you will. So it's something more for the initial fermentation or more stability during feed out. So it's important also to use like the, uh, the best product for the particular conditions of that property.
0: If you had one thing that you wished everybody would know when they were gonna put up forage, what would be that one thing you would want everybody to have, downright? Can I have two? <laughs> we can go I with think, two. Yeah, the two yeah. things.
1: I, I think it's uh, one is to pay attention to the details and all the phases. That seems like a lot, but that's you know always pay attention, be attentive, and always important is just to try to keep that air out. Uh, again, something that really fiberglass me is when I go to some place and the pile is just uncovered. So it, it is important to have... I know it's like not a very popular task for <laughs> the workers, especially no. when you got wind and everything, but the, the investment, it's so worth in terms of just protecting that silage.
0: Yeah, it's hard to measure a loss, but it's a real
1: deal. And, and it's still, there is, we go to like a dairy farm or we go to a yard and we see there's still that gap between the management level because at the dairy, anything that you change a little, you know, you see on the boat tank. So the milk tank could tell there's something wrong. And on the feed yards, you know, just you start, they have such a low inclusion rate, about six, uh, seven, eight percent in the diet. The passage rate is different, and, and you know, the ruminants, they'll take a little bit of abuse, but it, it's still just a little bit of that spoiled silage can lead to drop on intakes, drop on the fiber digestibility, and some other health and reproduction issues, as you mentioned.
0: It's definitely something where if you don't see it until closeout, you might not realize how big of a deal it was.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, thank you very much, Dr. Schmidt, for taking the time today to go through these things with our listening audience.
1: It was a pleasure. And I just want to mention we have a, a lot of resources, educational tools on our website. That's com, and also com. So... The second website is actually non-commercial at all. We have a lot of information. They are downloadable, some uh, technical handbooks. So, you know, please visit.
0: That sounds like a great idea, and I'm sure our listening audience appreciates knowing that's available.
1: Good. Thank you, Jake.
0: And thank you to our listening audience for taking the time to hear what we've got going on. Y'all take care, folks.